Hi, I'm Ryan Miner. I'm the host of a Minor Detail podcast where it's all about Maryland. We have a no-holds-barred conversation featuring Maryland newsmakers and newsbreakers, journalists, reporters, politicos, politicians, policy wonks, prognosticators, political activists, organizers, community leaders, and so many more. Man, that's a lot of peas. Here on a Minor Detail podcast, we get to the bottom of every story. We talk about news and politics in an open and honest format. And we find the minor details because every detail matters. You can follow us on the web at a aminordetailpodcast.com and aminordetail.com for the latest Maryland news and politics. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the show. All right, good afternoon, everybody. My name is Ryan Miner. This is a Minor Detail podcast, and we're in my home city, and we're at one of the best places in the city of Gaithersburg. It's called Quincy's, and it's the neighborhood bar and grill, isn't it, Mayor? Oh, yeah. Oh, I should introduce my guest. I'm with Mayor Judd Ashman, the very famous mayor of <laughs> the city of Gaithersburg, who just so happens to be my neighbor, and it's great because when the mayor is your neighbor— you can go knock on his door and, and pick on him and say, hey, what's going on with... No, I don't do that. No, I don't do that. Um, I like very famous. Let's expand on that. Yeah, very famous. <laughs> so, as I said, we're here at Quincy's, and this is right down the road from where we live, probably less than a mile. Oh, yeah, it's walking distance. Quincy's is uh, it's like a, a real establishment in the city. It's a mom-and-pop place. And- I met the owner earlier, and she was. Um, I introduced myself and said, "Hey, do you mind if we re- use your venue to record?" My wife and I, we have been coming here on Saturday nights for live music, some of the best live music that uh, I've I've heard. So, yeah, a little piece of trivia: Quincy's used to be called Ernie's, and, and when Alexis and, and um, uh, scoot up on this a little bit. Yeah. There you go. When Alexis and Marty bought the place, they were big Quince Orchard parents. Uh, their kids both played football in the duo team. Yeah. And so they, they renamed it Quincy's uh, in honor of Quince Orchard. And it became a place where people came after the games. It was a real hangout. The food's good. The food's great. The food is good. And last night they had a Zeppelin band. So I, and I, I'm, I'm a huge Zeppelin fan, Mayor. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so we've been coming here for a couple months. And as you know, I'm a new Gaithersburg resident. We moved from North Potomac into the city. And I was telling you off mic that, um, was it last week? We had a snowstorm on a Sunday. And Mayor Ashman, I got to tell you, very impressed by how quickly the, the, the streets were plowed and how quickly the snow plows were responsive. And they came up in our neighborhood and all throughout the city um, several times, and we were able to quickly get onto the roads. And I didn't drive much that day, but um, that's the quality of services that impresses me as a city resident. We take such, a lot, such pride in, in our, our snow removal. Uh, in fact, the old saying is, you don't know the, where the city limits are until it snows. <laughs> you can see the lime in county. So as we kick off this uh, interview and just we're going to have a discussion, we'll talk about city politics, we'll talk about um, city services, and I want to approach the interview from the standpoint that people who may not know a whole lot about city services, you can just run down and explain a little bit about um, your departments, the city budget, the council and mayoral relationship.
relationship and your relationship with our state delegation. And this is going to be softball for you today, so it'll be fun, and we'll get a better glimpse of where Gaithersburg is today and the direction that it's moving into. So a little bit about yourself, Mayor. We were talking again off mic that um, you were appointed uh, back in, was it 2014? Correct. And you were on the city council. How long were you on the city council before you were appointed mayor? Seven years. Seven years. So, okay, I'm just doing quick math in my head. Um, and first elected in 2007. In fact, the first time I ran for election was 05 for city council. Uh, I lost that year by 34 votes. Wow. Really stunned. How many people voted in that election? <laughs> yeah, um, I'm just kidding. It was, a, it was actually a wonderful <laughs> That's that's impressive. Uh, many municipal elections, it, and the, this is an off year. And in fact, there's an election coming up this year, and three incumbents are are, are seemingly prepared to run for re-election. And you have a five-member council, so elections are in off years. And sometimes the struggle in off years, Mayor, is to get people to come out and vote, and when it's not a a gubernatorial election per se or a presidential election. certainly would like to see more participation. It tends to be when, you know, there's a correlation between when people are pissed off. <laughs> they, they participate a lot then. And yeah. When things are going well, they, there's less participation. We tend to read that as people are happier. Right. But obviously that's, that's a, a spin, that's an interpretation that works for us. So you've been on the council um, for seven years. Then... In 2015, or 14 rather, something happened. Sid Katz, who was the longtime mayor of Gaithersburg, your predecessor, and a business owner, a staple in this community, a great friend of of yours, he was elected to the Montgomery County Council. And that created an opening, and your colleagues on the council then decided to appoint you. What was that process? How did that go? How did that work? It doesn't specify a lot about how a, how a process would work. Um, what we did was uh, we held an executive session it was to determine what the process would be, uh, not only in terms of appointing a mayor. We, we, we sort of, the council members at the time sort of figured we were going to appoint one of ourselves to be mayor just because one of us could step in. It wouldn't be an outs- It wouldn't be someone from the outside, right? right. It- we, can, we can keep the trains running on time and... What have you. And there's lots of trains in Gaithersburg. <laughs> well right. um, and at the same time, if we appoint one of us, we're going to have to fill that vacancy on the city council. So there, there would essentially be two appointments going on. Um, and so we decided on the process, and then I was very fortunate. Um, I don't know what my colleagues were thinking, but they, they decided to appoint me. Uh, we, we learned that pretty early on, and, and then it was a question of finding replacement or the fill the vacancy that I was leaving on the city council. Right. We appointed at the time Neil Harris. Yeah. Neil Harris, of course, lives in the Cantlands, and uh, he has a 
tech background he and a business owner and i when i first moved into the city of gaithersburg uh, councilman harris offered to give me a tour there's a restaurant right beneath his home uh that he lives right on main street in the kentlands i forget the name of the restaurant it was Vasili's, probably Vasili's at the time well maybe it was sin and grin sin and grin that was right. it that after the main Vasili's moved to uh, market square so it was a cool spot, and then we walked around the lakes throughout the Cantlands. And if you haven't visited the Cantlands, and many people who are listening, I, I assume, have visited, it's a, such a unique planned community. The houses are beautiful. They almost look, how do you, I don't know how you would describe them, the, the architecture, but it's, it's um, very mainstream America. Front porch, big front porches wrap around. Yeah, and I love it, and I, I think that is a burgeoning community in Montgomery County. And is a wonderful neighborhood, a highly successful concept. It was one of the first uh, mixed-use neo-traditional communities in the country. Was that in, I, uh, I forget what the one down near Disney World, on this coast, Seaside maybe? Ah, yeah, that's right, Seaside. And, yeah, and, and it, 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 Kentlands became a model. There, you know, planners and architects would come from across the country to, to uh, tour Kentlands when it was first built in the 90s. And today it remains just a thriving, amazing place. Yeah. And by the way, if you're ever interested in talking, getting back to Neil Harris, if you're ever interested in talking about tech, ah. um, he, you know, he, he has some stories back from when he worked, when he worked for Atari and when he worked for Commodore. Um, he can fill up a podcast with, with all that stuff. He's a video game developer. He is. And, and to me, as a when I was a kid, I loved video games. So we would have a lot to talk about. He's a genuinely nice, interesting person and very analytical. That's the kind of councilman that we need, someone who can unwind a budget, can unwind county services, and add a perspective from that is maybe untraditional or unrelated to the government sector. And he comes from a private business sector, and uh, it's good. And that, I think we have a mixture on the, the city council. So um, let's talk about some services and what the city of Gaithersburg and how it compares. We are the second largest City, Third largest. rather, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm having a bloody mary, so <laughs> <laughs> that might have contributed to that mistake. We are the third largest city in the state of Maryland, and I was telling you um, earlier that I grew up in Hagerstown. I think they might be six or seven. I think that might be true. Might be. So, but Frederick is. I mean, man, that's really growing, and here we are in Gaithersburg. I believe it's one of the most diverse communities in the country. started doing this study once a year about most diverse cities in the United States. They take like the top three or three or four hundred cities and they measure them on the basis of language, uh, cultural background, and economics as well. And they stir, stir it all into the big pot. And Gaithersburg consistently is top five. Uh, we've been number one a couple years. This latest year we're number two business in New Jersey is is the most diverse city. We're, the ah. diverse. We're, the, we're number two, we're the most, and the number one most diverse small city. Jersey City, huh? Yeah, we're coming for that title. <laughs> that's, uh, that's on your list of priorities. So, uh, as I mentioned, five-member council, one mayor, and it's nonpartisan. Right. That makes it, makes it better. Because uh, how do you, how is it that 
I don't always understand the the approach that municipal government has to have a partisan RD next to it or it yeah, libertarian, whatever. Any partisan label. I think that you govern as a municipal official without partisanship even in mind. It is so much better. There's an old saying there is no uh, Democrat or Republican way to fill Essentially, everything we're doing at the city level is sort of where the rubber meets the road. It's a voter. So, I would say that privately, and traditionally, the members of the city council have represented a wide range of the political spectrum and a wide range of different skills. You brought up Neil's, but I think everybody brings something interesting to the table. When we take away the partisan label, it really helps us clarify what it is we're talking about and not have extraneous things get in the way. Good discussion and progress. Agreed. I, and that's important. And I think many municipal governments, especially in the state of Maryland, are moving in the direction of nonpartisan elections. I'd like to I'd like to see more nonpartisan elections across the country. And as you mentioned, there's no Republican or Democratic way to fill a pothole. Tell Washington that, Mayor. Exactly. Tell Washington that because we're in we're currently in what day thirty of a shutdown. It's it's thirty days where government workers, hardworking federal employees, contractors, they're not getting paid. Many of whom live right here in the city of Gaithersburg. It's not fair. And before we get into our, our the core discussion, what what is your take on Washington, Mayor? You've been very postpartisan. You've been someone that has elevated the discussion and put partisanship aside, and instead we're focusing on policy. What do you? What do you? How do you take this this extreme dichotomy between Democrats and Republicans uh, at the federal level? I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, I think I think our governor is a terrific example of somebody who can who does listen and does work well with the other side. Yeah. And because of that, we get a lot of good things done in Maryland. I think it's a model for the rest of the country. Yeah, you did endorse the governor. In fact, you went over to the uh, the the cafe. What's the name of the cafe that you had a big event with him? Parking Mad. Parking Mad. All yes. Yeah, I've been there. It is fantastic. Great food. It's a unique spot. Um, parking could be better, but <laughs> it's getting there. It's there. Yeah. So you endorsed the governor back in this past election. And Mayor Ashman, I, I, 
I should mention that you took some heat for that too from from Democrats, and you took some some heat where people said, "Well, he is a Democrat, and he should have endorsed the gubernatorial nominee for the Democrats." But what's your response to that? Well, I am a Democrat, but it doesn't mean that I check my my reason, my thinking at the door. Yeah. I vote for the person first, right. the, the leadership first, uh, and and you know I think party party labels are helpful to us in that they help. They're sort of a shorthand to the values that we care about. Um, so if we if we you know we're not that plugged into the political world and the positions and stuff, and we say okay, Democrats generally believe in women's rights and, and they they agree with science and. Um, uh, reasonable gun legislation and what have you, the big issues. If someone's a Democrat, generally they're going to agree with those things. So I can vote for that person if I if I'm not that plugged in. But if I, you know, for those who are plugged in and, and actually viewing the individuals that we're that we're voting for, if somebody with a Republican label happens to fit the bill and happens to be doing a great job, I'm going. It seems like the partisans are so tethered to the fact that yeah, if it's a Democrat, you absolutely have to get behind him, go out and knock doors and do everything you can. But on the flip side, I, I think that our country, look, my grandparents are perfect examples. They're registered Democrats. They grew up. My grandfather was born in 1925. My grandfather, my grandmother, born in 1932. My grandfather, who loves politics, loves talking about politics, who's 93 years old, God bless him, will say, oh, I voted for Democrats and Republicans all my life. I vote for the person. It's not the party. Um, And back then, everybody was a Democrat. To simplify it to essentially like a sports team, I'm I'm a Redskin. I can't, you know, there's Redskins and the Cowboys. There's good guys and bad guys. It doesn't exactly translate that Mm -hmm. way. The fact is, no party has a monopoly on the good ideas. No, mo- no party has a monopoly on the morality and the values that we care about. There are good things in both parties, and, and frankly, history has uh, a great deal of examples of the situations where one party rule did not work. Yeah, we know that so it's it's not working now between the the hard the hard partisans on either side. From my perspective, as someone who is a journalist covering. I see this all the time where it it doesn't have to fall under the Democratic umbrella or the Republican umbrella. Good ideas, if they make sense and if they're fiscally smart, I think if it saves taxpayers money. The comptroller is an example of that, um, Mayor, because he – yeah. And and in fact, today, before I came over for the interview, I wanted to mention that I remember on Small Business Saturday – you went over to Victor Litz, yes. and you were with the comptroller, and you were with um, Senator Cheryl Kagan and uh, and South Council Member Cindy Katz. You joined Comptroller Peter Franco there, and Victor Litz is one of Gaithersburg's staples of a music store. It is so cool. They sell guitars. In fact, I picked up a cable today, um, and they have. An incredible catalog of instruments. Go there, visit it. It's one of those core Gaithersburg small businesses located right in downtown. And I would encourage anybody who is musically inclined or wants to uh, get some sound equipment, whatever they have, take it. Lessons. Take lessons. So, Victor Woods is great. yeah, He's great. 
and you, you know, on that same theme, you were there with the comptroller who has put people above party, who has consistently shown that he's not interested in just doing what's popular. He's he's do he. I think he sets aside his partisan beliefs and puts what people in Maryland want, and and he protects the taxpayer, and that's. I, I want to give him credit for that. Yeah, no, I think he, I think he does a great job, and um, I appreciate how how he does uh, work with people on all sides to get things done. I, you know, getting back to the gubernatorial race for just a second, one of the arguments I was making at the time and would still make is that um, while I dislike our current president Donald Trump uh, as much as anybody, um, I just. I couldn't think less of that person and his leadership style. And I don't think he could be any less presidential than what he is. But I think some of the Democratic reaction is, okay, we need to eliminate the Republican Party. And I'm, you know, I'm upset with the Republicans who enable President Trump as well. Uh, and don't stand up to him. Right, exactly. Um, but I think the answer isn't to kill the Republican Party. I think the answer is to elect better Republicans. Yeah, and and I think that on both sides, where there's partisan extremes on the Republican side and the Democratic side, there's a lot of goofiness coming out of Washington, and I wish they would take out a page out of Gaithersburg. And speaking, of, speaking of which, how is tell me and, and anybody's listening, how is city government structured? What are what are your departments? And just tell us a little bit more about what's happening in city government. easier than 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 going to maybe a county form of government since then you have a, a quicker response rate that and then you can work directly with local government in fact so much so the council members I want to point out that the council members are extraordinarily responsive I had a question about an alarm system I installed a ring alarm system that I, I got from my parents as a Christmas present and we yeah do you, and we have a ring doorbell, and if you try to break into my house, just don't do it because we are we're totally wired. <laughs> so if you yeah, we we're totally wired. And I asked Councilman Wu. I said I know that the the county has a uh, I, I you have to register your system, but could you tell me a little bit more about whether do I have to do it with the city of Gaithersburg? And he said no, and he quickly got me the information. And this was just a uh, a. Facebook conversation and 
any of the members of the council avail themselves to citizens very quickly. They're responsive through email. That's important because if I have a question and I want to navigate the, the complexities of city government, I want to have my councilman ready to tell me what I need to do and how to get it done. That's, that's, that's what citizens want. Let's talk about the budget. How much is the annual operating budget for the city of Gaithersburg? Okay, that's a lot. That's a lot for a city. Well, for uh, yes, uh, for a Maryland city, Maryland's mm. a state with a bunch of small cities. That's right. And so, so yes, um, compared to uh, Montgomery County, which is what five point three billion. Five point three billion. It's not. It doesn't. You know, sixty-seven million doesn't seem that much. But we, you know, we get a lot for for that money. And in fact, I should note uh, while we're here, among Maryland's largest cities, we have the lowest tax rate. Um, and we have no debt, which I don't know. I don't know if there's another municipality of our size or larger that can say they have zero debt. So, getting into being a little wonky, explain how that how that happens. The difference is um, when we want to do large capital projects, we save up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we save up for it. You have a reserve. Well, we, we have we have a, we have a uh, capital improvements budget. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll, we'll identify a need and we'll open up an account for it and we'll start putting money into it. Um, and there are different ways we can get money into it more quickly. At times we make deals with uh, people who want to who want to develop in the city. We say, okay, uh, you know, as, as conditional approval, we want um, some contribution to a new park or something of that nature, and that's that's paid off over the years. So tell me about the the planning. Everybody has some sort of contact with with planning or permits that's a big one because if you want to build an addition onto your home and you live in the city of gaithersburg you gotta get a permit yeah so that's sort of the the um more focused in you know the more granular story um but i would let's let's zoom out for a sec as I mentioned before, Gaithersburg is a little different from a lot of municipalities in that we have our own planning and zoning. I think that function has allowed us to grow and grow better um, faster than, than most places. Gaithersburg is one of the fastest growing places on, in the whole East Coast. Of course. Now, the reason is, it's not because we started out with a large land mass. We had a small area, but because we have our own planning and zoning, and because we can do things quicker and we think better, um, people who are adjacent to it, who own property adjacent to us, want to annex in, so they can. So if they want to develop their property, they can go through our process rather than uh, uh, park and planning, mm-hmm. which, is the, which is the regional uh, and county planning uh, board. So we do our own inspections, we do our own uh, approvals, and, and make our own zoning decisions. The mayor and council. Uh, Periodically, we review we, our master plans, 
and our, our zoning rules and regulations, and those kinds of decisions are before us all the time. Yeah. Tell me, the let's talk about the relationship that the city has with the county. What, what priorities are the county, how do they contribute to the city of Gaithersburg? Does that question make sense? Yeah, I Okay. Because um, when you're a resident of the city of Gaithersburg, you're also pay- paying Montgomery County taxes. Yes. Also the- I'm aware. You also, <laughs> you also <laughs> benefit from county services. And the most obvious example in that case is our police. We have our own municipal police force, but it's not... How many officers? I think we're at 60. Okay. And uh, it's not enough to cover the whole area 24-7. We, we have what's called, we have a shared jurisdiction. So right. when you call for service, you may get a Gaithersburg police uh, officer or you may get a Montgomery County police officer. Right. That's right. It's, it sort of depends who's closer at the time. We do measure in terms of the number of calls within the city, what percentage are are handled by Gaithersburg officers. That number continues to grow. It's something that, that's important to us, but we don't have sole jurisdiction. We work with the county in, in myriad ways. Um, you know, whether it's whether it's the police, whether it's roads, where there are county roads, you know, for that matter, there are state roads too within the city of Gaithersburg. Um, and, you know, parks and rec services and all kinds of ways. And, and you know, there's there's um, continually uh, debate about how much, uh, about funding. And, you know, we if city residents are paying a certain number, are paying taxes to the county, but the city of Gaithersburg government is providing those services, we expect the county to refund some of those taxes to the city because given that we're taking those services off their plate. And there's continuous dialogue and debate about how, just how much, uh, we call it tax duplication, mm-hmm. how much uh, the county should be giving back to the municipalities. I realize we're getting really, really into No, that's, I, I am enjoying this discussion because... some listener somewhere is also So why don't we talk about the, let's see. There's there's plenty of things we could discuss, and let's talk about parks and recreation. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it's a great show. <laughs> it's a great show. So Gaithersburg is known to have. Uh, look, we have Seneca Creek Park, right? You know, state park right outside. Um, let's talk about who um, who's in charge of the department, and what are some of the best places to go for for people in the city to to hang out with their kids. <laughs> the best. So our Ron Swanson's name is Michelle Potter. Okay. <laughs> she's, she's been with us for a long time. She's the least Ron Swanson-like person you've ever seen. I love Ron Swanson. Yeah, so do I. Um, he was a libertarian's libertarian. I love He had this thing, and I'm sorry to get us off track, but, um, you know, my daughter was getting a dog. At some point, a, a couple years ago, and, and she said, "You know, we were talking about what breed." And, and um, I remembered something Ron Swanson had said on Parks and Rec. He said, uh, "Any dog under fifty pounds is a cat. Cats are useless." So, <laughs> I, I remember the scene where he was talking about there was some sort of vegetarian bacon, and they went to the grocery store, and he was he said, "Well, this is how you eat this," and he just tossed it right in the trash. That's <laughs> <laughs> the best. It was the best scene. Oh man, that's great. So, so we do. We have 
we have great parks throughout the city. Um, you know, some bigger than others, but there's a measure we're trying to get to, which is any resident, any resident of this park should be no more than a quarter mile long. Right. And, uh, and I think that's... There's one right down the street from our neighborhood. Exactly. Tennis courts and... Absolutely. I'm there all the time. Hmm. So, uh, so there's that, in, and I think for the most part we're successful. I think we are within a quarter mile for, for virtually every resident in the city. We have a lot of different uh, sports and sports programs. Um, we have some good facilities. We have some good um, rec leagues, and we have. And then when we get to the arts and special events, you know, we have the arts bar, which is you know just oh, a five minute drive from us. Great, great place. Great facility. 99-seat theater, they do really, really good work there. We get some good professional theater groups yeah. to come through. We have, and we have some great special events. We have the uh, Summerfest, which is which is our uh, Independence Day weekend celebration, which is amazing over at Moore Park. We have uh, Oktoberfest in, uh, in Kentlands, which, again, is just a huge regional event, a big draw yeah. in the city. And we have the Book Festival. It's your baby. Is, which is my baby. <laughs> By the way, um, May 18th, whoever's listening, please take out your phone and stick, uh, uh, save the date on your calendar right now for May 18th. We bring in some of the best authors and journalists on the planet to come speak about their work and sign books. Uh, Might be an opportunity for a podcast to, to, to set up there. I think so, too. Yeah. I think it would be a great opportunity. I would love to interview some authors and some uh, yeah, journalists as well. We may be able to set that up. Yeah, that would be great, Mayor. Um, let's talk a little bit about public safety. That is a... a a huge issue uh, in, within municipal governments. People ask, is the city safe? And let me pose that question to you. Is the city of Gaithersburg a safe place and community to live within? It is. It's a, it's a very safe place to be. You know, I find it remarkable. Getting back to your earlier question about most diverse cities, I think some, you know, some, some people would tend to believe that in an extremely diverse place, there's going to be more friction between different groups. There's going to be more discord. Right. Um, that's not the case in the city of Gatorsburg. We are an amazingly integrated place where you find people of all stripes, all backgrounds, and all cultures living in harmony in the city of Gatorsburg. I'm not saying that there's no crime. There, there's, crime there's crime everywhere, but not just everywhere, Gates, but everywhere in the world, there's there is some crime. But you know, relative to any reasonable measure, the city of Gatesburg is a very very safe place. I you know I think some people focus on a place like Lake Forest Mall and they say, oh, I won't shop there. It's it's dangerous to be there. Is that is that an unfair? I think it's unfair. That's I unfair. I think it's got a worse reputation than what it deserves. Lake Forest Mall definitely needs to be redeveloped. There's no question about it. There's no bigger priority I I have for the city of to see redevelopment happen there. But um, it's safe. It's not. It's not a. You know the the reputation that it's not a safe place to shop is just incorrect. Let's talk. Gaithersburg cuisine. Obviously, we're here in Quincy's, one of the best local grills, bar, and restaurant. Please visit Quincy's and check it out on the web. Live music, Saturday nights. They had a Zeppelin band last weekend. My wife and I have sat at the bar and listened to plenty of live music and truly an awesome place to be. Uh, and the food is just absolutely phenomenal. It's phenomenal. What are some other places to eat in Gaithersburg? What is your favorites? 
I like Quincy's. I like uh, Dogfish Head Ale Out. Mm-hmm. I like. Um, yeah, Dogfish is good. Good dogfish spot. Good, good. Good beer. I like um, Ted's Montana Grill over at Crown. Yeah. Of course, they have the Ruth Chris. Yeah, there's Ruth Chris. How could you go wrong with Ruth Chris? We have a new place, um, just basically catty corner from where we are now, called Taco Daddy. Which is, oh, oh yeah. I have a colleague who works there. Is that right? Yeah, she works there, and it's it's pretty cool. Also, she mentioned that uh, Crown is within the city limits of, of Gaithersburg, and Crown has a lot of they have coastal flats, uh, unique restaurants that Paladar, Paladar yeah. Yeah, they have the Rio, big. The Rio uh, Washingtonian area is also the city of Gaithersburg. That's a big deal. Yeah. That's a huge deal. We go to Uncle Julio's, sit out and listen to live music, yeah. go to Copper Canyon, go to the movie theater. Yeah, and I think they're expanding. And I should mention too, Mayor, that the the uh, our member of Congress, David Trone, has ca- and David or uh, and John Delaney, they keep an office in Gaithersburg That's right. for constituents. Yeah, actually, is Trone's office, did he Same place as Delaney's was. They okay. took, they literally took over his office space in the Sodexo building. Okay, gotcha. And I went up there the other day, and they are, they're working. I haven't been there yet, but I actually have a meeting with Trone on Wednesday, but, so I was, that was one of the things I was going to ask him was, he had, he mentioned during the campaign he was going to have his office in Gaithersburg, but I didn't realize they had opened one already. Is he meeting with mayors, or is this a specific... Okay. Are you confident about his about him? I'm optimistic. You're optimistic. Yes. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. He he um, spent a lot of money on a race. He spent a lot of money. Um, that is true. I think he uh, he really wanted it, and I think he really wants to. He's got he's got a bug and a, a heart for, for public service, and I'm optimistic about it. I think I think uh, Delaney did a terrific job. He was he was again one of those guys who came in and he's not going to be was not from government. Neither is Trone. He was a businessman. Right. Still is. He's not going to stop listening to you because you're from the other party. He's going to he's going to listen and try to work with you. And I think those yeah. are the ones. Those that's the leadership I'm looking for. Do you think that once? the redistricting happens. It's going to happen one way or the other. Either it's going to happen through a Supreme Court ruling or the emergency commission that the governor has assembled. It's going to happen. Do you think that the Gaithersburg should be in the 6th District, Mayor? Because it's it's sort of in a place where, uh, look, how does Potomac relate to Deep Creek Lake? Right? Sure. Sure. Um, I think the districts should be much more uh, geographically contiguous, and uh, you know, I don't even think I understand the the issue with the sixth district. I actually happen to think the third congressional district is. Oh my goodness! It's John John Sarbanes district is one of the most gerrymandered, if not the most gerrymandered congressional district in the entire country, Mayor. You remember the artist Jackson Pollock? Yes. Throw paint into it. You'd have to get an airplane engine going. You throw paint in the air, and it would splatter on the canvas. That's the third district. Yeah. Um, for me, 
it's like, what's more important to me is the bigger picture with the districts. Less important where Gaithersburg goes, whether we're six or whatever. As long as we're well represented. As long as we're well represented and, and communities are contiguous and representation, you know, how do you even represent the third district? I don't, I don't know. The sixth district has its own has, has its issues. Like again, I agree. With well, if Sarbanes were to drive through the third congressional district, he would be in four different congressional districts. That's right. Seriously, if you, 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 I don't think you can actually drive from one contiguous point to the next because it is just such a bizarrely formulated yes. congressional district, and that's got to change. And again, I'm, I am a Democrat. I understand from a party perspective why the Democratic Party, in order to, to sustain itself and, and tighten its grip on the state of Maryland, would want to do it. But it's not right. I don't. I don't think it's right. I think the. Um, I think uh, districts redistricting should be handled by an independent commission. When was the election in two thousand and nineteen for the council? First Tuesday in November. First Tuesday in November. So we'll start seeing members of the council announce their campaigns probably later in the summer. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I would say. Well, they won't bombard us yet, will we? With with elections and. Well, that, it, it'll be a lot less than what you just saw last year. Oh. Um, it's, it's, it's a much smaller scale affair at the city level. Campaigning, um, for me, is always most the, the, the crux of it is knocking on doors. Yeah. So I'll do maybe a couple mailings, but mostly it's knocking on doors. Do you have a limit that you will spend on a campaign? Generally, it's like $7,000. Really? Yeah. Okay. Even for... No, it's, not legal, it's not a legal limit. Can right. As, you, know, you can spend as much as you want. Yeah. Well, that's that's good. I think people appreciate that you, they don't go overboard. Yeah. And, you know, yard signs and mailings are the most expensive things in a municipal election, but it's really about shoe leather. It's right. Really about Knocking on the door. door. Yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of neighborhoods that you can go out and, and do that in. You know, when I, when I mentioned earlier that lost that one by four different folks. Um, I stayed in it largely because I had such a great experience in that campaign. Mm-hmm. And and it forced me to, to walk neighborhoods that I would have no real reason to, to be in and really get to know uh, the diversity and the beauty of the city of Gaithersburg in a way that I, I kind of wish everybody would get that chance. So wrapping up, tell me about what is some of the big issues now that the council and the the executive office is is looking to tackle and what's the agenda for 2019 mayor big issues um, in, mostly in terms of uh, planning and zoning and development have to do with the east side of Gaithersburg the west and we, we divide Gaithersburg by 270 because uh, yeah. I-270 sort of bisects the city there's an east side there's, there's the west side mm-hmm. the east side developed a lot, decades earlier than the West Side, and so um, the planning principles that were used then, if there were planning <laughs> principles, um, aren't as um, maybe as attractive or desirable as the ones on the West Side, where they're they're newer. So there's more there's a perception that there are more amenities on the West Side, and um, you know perhaps more successful neighborhoods. We want to bring the East Side up to that, and there's some amazing neighborhoods on the East Side. Uh, but we want to things like Lake Forest Mall, as I mentioned, um, 
Green Route 355, Old Town Gatesburg. The biggest priority for me and for our council is to uh, redevelop areas that need to be redeveloped on that side. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of concrete uh, things that are going right now, we're working on our new municipal building, which is going to house our police station and our mayor and council chambers. In fact, I'm very happy to report that the governor included $2 million in his budget to uh, help us with that project. It's probably going to be a 16 or $18 million project. And the governor released his budget, of course, this past Friday. I said in a press conference on Thursday afternoon, we talked about uh, his spending priorities and some other the the statewide priorities. We talked about education funding, and it's... It's fun to follow, and I'm going to do my best in Annapolis to to provide that coverage. But, um, Mayor, this was fun. I, I enjoyed this. Thank you for uh, for coming over to Quincy's and having this discussion. I think you made a new fan in the back there. We're sitting in the, 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 the main dining room, and uh, I think you have a new voter over there. Well, I disturbed her. <laughs> <laughs> that, that much is true. So, um, Gaithersburg City's website, what is it? GaithersburgMD.com. And if people have questions about city government, they can reach out to you, oh, yeah. and they can reach out to any of their members of this, the council, yep. and uh, that's how government works, yep. closest to the people. Yep. So, well, One more final plug, GaithersburgBookFestival.org, May 18th. It's coming up. Well, that's something that I am definitely going to be in. I'm interested to be there. This would be my first time. I haven't done it before, but I know that that's a project that you have worked extensively on to make it happen, to grow it, and that's so important, especially I'm a big literacy advocate as well. Um, and I would be remiss if I didn't plug that I am at a aminordetail.com and uh, a minor detail podcast. Dot com. Find me on the web at blogtalkradio.com slash a minor detail. My name is Ryan Miner. I'm the host of a minor detail podcast. Thank you, Mayor, for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Gaithersburg's a great place to live. It's, it's my it's my new adopted hometown. Look, I will always be a Hagerstonian at heart, but uh, this is where uh, my family and I have chosen to live, and we're very proud of our community. So. On behalf of the city of Gaithersburg, we are very happy to have you here. Well, thank you, Mayor. And as a Councilman Wu has been... De desperately trying to get me to join a committee, so I will. I will definitely consider that here in the 2019. So, awesome. okay, thank you, sir. Thank 